after a two-week hiatus, 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 is it spelled hiatus, but pronounced hiatus? Hiatus, H-I-A-T-U-S. Well, I know how to say it, but is it, how's it spelled, just say? H-I-A-T-U-S. Well, there's not like an I before A, except after when. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what? Yeah, H-I-A-T-U-S. Oh, well, I don't know if that was worth looking up, Bozo. Well, I just wanted to type it in, see if Spellcheck fucked it up. All right, all right. Well, what's up, people? We are back with a wrestling episode, a Wednesday night wrestling episode of The Lowdown with LD. Been postponed back-to-back weeks, uh, which is funny because they were like the two biggest weeks in the last 10 years of pro wrestling. We had uh, CM Punk's long-awaited return, but we we talked about that on uh, your, your standard Monday lowdown. So not too worried about that. But Nick, what did you, what did you think of Dynamite tonight? It was the go-home Dynamite before All Out. How how you feeling? It was good. I didn't think it was that much filler. I thought it was a lot of good. I thought there was some good matches on the card. I thought there was some good. Uh, I thought there were some good matches. I enjoyed it. Now I will say uh, I'll lead off with this news because I think uh, only only have this one bit of news, and we'll go through dynamite, and then we'll hit your question to wrap up the podcast. But uh, unfortunately, honestly, probably I would say my my the match I was. Personally, looking forward to the most, even though there's other better matches on the card, Andrade versus Pac is being postponed. It is off the pay-per-view due to some sort of COVID-related travel restrictions. Uh, That stinks. Was very much so looking forward to that match. They said they're going to have it on Rampage uh, to to be determined, which is still, you know, it's it's awesome that people get that match for free. But I thought that was a proper pay-per-view match in terms of two top workers uh, that we haven't really seen work together their, their time in WWE didn't really overlap. So uh, I, I was really looking forward to that match. I thought it was going to be a great, I thought it would be the opening match of the pay-per-view and it had that tie in with the storyline between Death Triangle and Andrade El Idolo trying to kind of take Ray Phoenix and Penta El Cerro Miero away from Pac and his stable. So disappointed that match is going to not happen this Sunday. Instead, the women's, uh, why or what is it? It's like the roulette. There, they do the same thing for the men's. It's this. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the blackjack battle royal. Yes, yes, that's what it's called. I knew it was some casino. I just couldn't remember. What yeah, it was. yeah, and 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 that'll be good. They they've got a good lineup of women in that match so far. So I'm excited for that. That's been boosted into the pay per view, and then they have added a match onto the pre show. Uh, a four man tag. It's Jurassic Express. Uh, or no, it's a five-man, it's a ten-man tag. It's it's Jurassic Express, and then uh, Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor versus the Hardy Family Office. Excited for that match. That'll be a great pre-match show. And, and I think the women's match uh, deserves a spot on the pay-per-view. I'm excited for the girls to get a chance to shine, but, but still disappointed that that match will be gone. No one's fault, though, of course. Yeah, it sucks, but that's the way it is now. Yeah, Andrade. He's got these cool pants. He wrestles. I he like does. the I like those pants. Really cool. suit looking pants, and he has these like pinstripe looking suit pants. Really makes him look badass. And he I comes was, out with Ric Flair. I always wanted a pinstripe pair of pants. They're not that easy to find. A good yeah. pair, a good fitting pair. It's tough to find. I really wanted yeah. some for graduation. I wanted to wrestle in. That's kind of wild if you think about it. Yeah, I wanted a pair for when I graduated college, but I couldn't find them anywhere. Not even like online. Uh yeah, I could find them online, but they're like you know two hundred bucks. So, you know, I'm not made of money. You know, normally you don't pull out any stops when it comes to, to clothes that you want. But 
That's uh, that's kind of true. Um, we started off with a hotly anticipated match and honestly a phenomenal snapshot into what AEW, in my opinion, does so well. We had FTR versus Santana and Ortiz in a thrilling, hotly contested tag team match. Their prior tag team match sort of got interrupted by a freak injury when Cash Wheeler's tricep got caught on like the exposed turnbuckle and he just ripped off like a hunk of flesh, uh, of course, which is why pro wrestlers don't get the respect they deserve for the toughness. Also, Excalibur, the masked announcer for AEW, called out like the love you always hear it in pro wrestling like he's like he's like oh he tore it right down to his i completely forget what he called it but he was like the the crenarious uh section of the arm muscle. i love like that. that shit it's the best oh yeah it's, it's like whenever they they get him with the the nerve pinch hold on the shoulder and they call it the trapezius muscle yeah love a nice hold against the trapezius muscle but no this was a great tag match um, FTR is obviously an established dominant tag team that's been on a great run uh, j- just over a year now in AEW. And, and that's what I, you know, a big reason why uh, FTR went to AEW from the WWE was simply because the WWE did not take tag team wrestling seriously at all. Mm-hmm. They don't, they still don't. It's literally on the record like Vince McMahon does not like tag team wrestling. Not only, you know, FTR, they came in, they got their, their kind of uh, program with the, the Young Bucks right out of the way. They, they took the belt off of Omega and Paige, which was a really nice feather in their cap. Then they went on to have a really nice feud uh, with Jurassic Express. It was sort of a very natural feud with the way Jurassic Express is sort of a very flamboyant, uh, new age kind of cartoonish tag team. And, and FTR represents this Southern wrestling boots and punches style of, of pro wrestling. But I think that they they used FTR to build up Jurassic Express and legitimize them. FTR won the blow-off match in that feud. They won the feud. But uh, Jungle Boy famously made uh, uh, Dax Harwood tap out to his finishing hold of the snare trap, which was sort of when they – I don't think they debuted the move then, but it's really when they started having him use it to end matches. And, uh, you know, it really added credibility to Jungle Boy. Without that win in that match, I don't know if you see him challenging Kenny Omega in June for the for the World Heavyweight title in the main event of a very marquee episode of Dynamite. And then right here, you know, again, uh, no one's going to gonna confuse, uh, like, like WWE ha- has a history of wanting to kind of have their cake and eat it too. It's what they famously did wrong with John Cena. It's what they famously... Uh, some you know, obviously, right now they're in a great thing with Roman Reigns, but it's, it's the same issue with Roman Reigns. But the WWE is not like using their biggest stars to put other people over. They've always thought that if John Cena lost to the Nexus one time, you know, it'd be like, oh, John Cena, no, no one believes in John Cena anymore, which is obviously preposterous. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's so refreshing. Like, like FTR, they could go out uh, uh next Wednesday and win, win the tag team titles, and nobody would bat an eye. But here we have a real, real legitimate star-making moment for Santana and Ortiz. They, they won a, a, an opening match against this big tag team. I imagine this is going to be the last kind of part of the, their feud. They're going to move them on. And I'll be honest, um, the, the AEW internet community is really behind Santana and Ortiz. And, and when I first started watching and really got into AEW prior to the pandemic, I, I was a little flat on Santana and Ortiz. I didn't like them a ton. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with their famous uh, uh, parking lot brawl with the, with the best friends, but it wasn't my cup of tea, so so that didn't exactly grab me. But in the last few months, um, 
Santana and Ortiz have really gotten my attention between their in-ring stuff and their mic work. And I think they are very much so in line to be a future tag team champion in AEW. And I've been on the record here before that I think that that is the most prestigious tag team division in the world. So that's really saying something. Nick, what do you think of the, the opening tag match? I mean, I'm not going to go as in-depth as you. I'm just going to say it was really nice to see them come out really hot like that. The crowd was super into it just from the jump which I love. Like, there was no, like, there was no, like, elephant in the room, really, for this. I, I don't really think there was, like, an elephant in the room where there was, like, a big match happening that everyone was excited for. So I kind of think everyone came with a pretty, like, open mind for whatever could be the best match. And I thought it was awesome. I thought they came out really hot, and I thought the crowd got really into it really early, and that made it a lot more fun. And I like Santana and Ortiz. They're clearly yeah. trying to, like, AEW is clearly trying to push them a little bit, but I like them. Like, I have no problem yeah. with them. That's just one of those things in pro wrestling is sometimes, you know, guys kind of get that mark of like, you know, you know, oh, these are these are some of the guys that, that the company likes and, and wants yeah. to move forward. And Santana Ortiz, I want to make this very clear, has not, you know, he's not like in some position where they're getting pushed to the moon or shoved down anyone's throats. Yeah. But like this time last year, when I was still aware that they were a team that AEW really liked and was going to be a future of the division, I wasn't really enthusiastic about them. Whereas now... Um, you know, I, I do think that the Lucha Brothers are going to unseat the Young Bucks on Sunday. I think uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz are proud and powerful, as they're also known as. Could, could be in that running for the next tag team champions after that. And, and we'll review the pay-per-view card at the end of the show. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, the, the full good. thing. But then we had a great CM Punk segment. That was awesome. Um, after the Daniel, uh, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 segment. And then those guys came out and attacked Punk. Uh, it was great to see Punk get physical uh, just because, like, I was worried, you know, if you just keep having Punk come out and do his whole, like, hey, nice to see you. Oh, my, you know. Yeah. Which, uh, obviously, you got to save him for the pay-per-view, but but it would have gotten a bit annoying. I think it was great to see, to kind of change the pace a bit because uh, how many times can we hear him talk uh, right now while, like, before the match, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, man, AEW's done a great job with Daniel Garcia. I didn't know a lot about him going into things. Uh, he, he broke both of his legs in a car crash a couple years ago, which is a very impressive thing to come back from. But I really like he's a technical wrestler in the true sense, not just in the he does suplexes sense, but he loves working over body parts and like twisting a guy's wrist and hand back. And I, I love that stuff. And I think he has a great persona um, and, and he's a very serious guy. So they've teamed him up with this team 2.0 um, that, that is a former NXT team that got cut and they're much more about energy and kind of entertainment and kind of goofier guys. So it's, it's a phenomenal heel little three man pairing because you, you got like the vicious front man and then you got the, the two goons behind them and their strength and numbers when you're being evil, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Also, I like Sting saying that he, I don't know if you caught that part at the end. He said he's like not going to be out for the, he's going to come out with Darby yeah. and then you know, like be like, good he's job. Gonna go back into the locker room. I, I that there is like a little bit of corniness to that, but at the same time, I do think like that's going to be better. Like, because obviously, Sting and Darby Allen aren't going to be a thing forever. I don't think we're going to see some huge breakup heel turn on either of their parts. But at the same yeah. time, like this is a, a moment in in hopefully a long uh I almost said preposterous, but a prosperous career of Darby Allen. So I do think that like years later, it'll look better looking back, not being like, oh yeah, I forgot Sting used to be with with Darby and you know? I it'll kind of make him look a little more minor leagues. Yeah, I agree. And I also think um, I was watching Darby do the coffin drop and that is such a crazy 
dangerous move to do because you have to just trust the guy that you're jumping on. Mm-hmm. And you got to know where you're landing. That shows you that he has the background doing stunts and stuff and like yeah. the jackass style stuff because that is a fucking crazy move. It's very funny too because. Oh, too. Yeah, I was gonna say like you know obviously there was a joke about how small Darby Allen is physically, but like that move does like that is a phenomenal phenomenal finishing move in the sense that it's it's original, it's got a catchy name, it's very brandable, right. like like it stands out. You know what I mean? Love if I'm not mistaken, a coffin drop is also something you can do on a skateboard. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm I, not mistaken. I, I'm pretty sure that that's also a skateboard. Me, trick. But now that you say that, I, I do think that's true. And then obviously ties in with his punk and his skeleton thing. I love that new animated uh Titan Tron they gave him for his entrance theme. Yeah, it, like, it looks awesome. It, it really and and not just that, AEW is really good at this. Like like the way they license music for some of their guys, it really makes him look just a little bit more like a like a big deal, like a star. You know what I mean? That he's got this whole production in his intro, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, then we really, you know, and, and I really want to want to make a statement here that that I'm hanging my hyperbole at the door here because I really mean this. One of the better pro wrestling interviews I've seen in a long time there are promos from MJF about him and Jericho at all. That. Just awesome. vicious, smarmy, just just it, it was everything you want to see. I mean. Like, like kind of like we said earlier about proud and powerful. Sometimes I get kind of tired, you know, MJF, he's the future of this, but it's such a cliche thing to say. Like that guy's incredible. That guy is one of these. You know? And I think him and hangman Adam page are the two guys that AEW needs to be smart with. And, and obviously Tony Khan's a billionaire has access to the Jaguars, has access to Fulham, obviously. Uh, and, and TNT, I've heard, uh, really wants to get behind AEW. The, the ratings have been great for him. Uh, Dynamite just hit its 100th episode, and they already have a second show. You know what I mean? On, on the air. They have three hours a week now. Obviously, AEW's doing better than expected. I, I know I read an article about how TNT wanted to push the CM Punk thing and, and really, you know, across their channel. It's like it's a big deal across Turner Networks and stuff. I really think you could see Hangman Adam Page and MJF being those guys that, you know, uh, AEW and TNT works on getting on the talk shows and on the hot ones and on, on you know, Jimmy Fallon and, and you know, doing a, a special appearance at a Jaguars game or the NFL draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, I MJF think those great on hot ones. As someone who loves hot ones, he would be great on hot ones. Yeah, I really think those two guys should be a um, – I think those two guys like, should be the company's – face that they're trying to put forward you know what i mean mm. um and and really like like you know th- that's the thing is i i and I, I was gonna save this for a different part of the show but i'm gonna give credit to jim carnett of all people i i listened to a great discussion he did recently about this failed strategy the wwe has right now where they got rid of all or not i mean they didn't want to get rid of daniel bryan and if adam cole jumped ship which it appears to to be likely um they didn't necessarily want that to happen either. And obviously CM Punk's been out of the game for seven years, but you know, guys like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, those are big name guys. And their WWE right now has a huge issue with creating new stars. Uh, And I wonder why when, you know, they drag Goldberg out to beat up everybody uh, every single year, but you know, Pro wrestling, especially right now, isn't like Hollywood where there's just an, uh, a limitless number of A-list marquee names. You know, the, the WWE needs to keep bringing back these guys over and over again. Similarly, you know, I think Kenny Omega and like a Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are just a little older and, and kind of already established where uh, MJF 
and Hangman Page can sort of be like a, a John Cena style, you know, guy for, for, for AEW where, where they eventually hopefully tr- transcend uh, the company itself a little bit and, and are kind of the big name people that guys even out of wrestling kind of know, whether it be just from pop culture or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a quick question for you. It's a little uh, Nick's question corner. Um, we were talking about the promos. Obviously, Jericho also cut that promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think there's a chance that Jericho loses and then just takes some time off? So that it's tough to say. I after tonight, I, I kind of think he might lose because they kept wording it that he won't wrestle in AEW anymore, rather than he'll retire. And I could see him kind of hanging it up in AEW, at least for a while, still wrestling on his cruise ship in October. Yeah, I was thinking a New Japan show here or there, but mostly doing commentary. I don't think it's the most likely outcome. I saw a wrestling reporter. I think it was Sean Ross Sapp, who is the current big man move of wrestling report. Uh, obviously, Dave Meltzer is always there. Yeah, I would say Dave Meltzer. You know, but but uh, Sean Ross uh, Sapp is like the new Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, where he gets like the breaking break. He was the first guy to report Punk was returning to wrestling, like back when people like didn't even believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I saw him tweet last week. Like, I don't think that Jericho should ever beat MJF. Like, like, uh, I, I just think it's the wrong direction to go in. That said though, I mean, MJF has beaten him three times now, you know, if they have a great, great match and Jericho kind of sneaks one out, whether he, he uses that bat that he uses, or, you know, he kind of pulls one out. Like, like I could see a classic MJF goes to cheat to win and Jericho out cheats him to win. You know what I mean? I, yeah, that'd be good. But but I, I'll definitely give AEW credit. Like like my disbelief is suspended. You you could very much so easily convince me that that this is the end of Jericho. Um, at least you know for for a year or whatever. Uh, you know, obviously pro wrestling uh, never never means never. You know. Yeah, they have guys to carry the torch while well you know he's not the big draw as he was in the beginning. Oh yeah, no, dude. I mean, the roster's loaded. Like I yeah. remember, I remember when they got Andrade and and and. Alistair Black, I was really like, oh, this is great. This is really going to bolster their main event upper mid-card scene. And then they added CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and probably Adam Cole, and maybe even Bray Wyatt. Like, like, they're loaded right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, not that Jericho, like, you know, not that he's not still a draw, but, like, you don't need him every No, nah, I mean, like, dude, like, Cody, you know, Cody's taking time off right yeah. now. Like, like, really, the AEW roster works very versatilely uh, in that sense, where if you really pay attention, some guys that are even pretty big, like, only wrestle once a month on Dynamite, you know what I mean? Like, Brian Cage, for instance, uh, who wrestled tonight, like, you don't see him all the time. He does a lot of indie wrestling, too, but he's still a very big part of AEW, and, and, you know, he's, like, in the main scene. Yeah. Next, we had uh, Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans. Uh, I like... You know, uh, this was to kind of build up the the pre the the buy-in show, I think, uh, with the, with the news that they had to switch things around. Um, obviously, I like Orange Cassidy, and he's really established themselves. People forget that spring, early early spring, twenty twenty. Uh, you know, right before the pandemic, some a lot of people online and whatever thought Orange Cassidy was like a joke. Obviously, he's supposed to be a comedy wrestler, but I mean, like you know not even just the Jim Cornette's of the world. A lot of people thought he was a gimmick guy. He was never going to get over. He was all shtick. It didn't make sense. He is a huge draw and merch move. Like AEW can stick him in wherever and a little something, something, and it's going to draw numbers. I think I saw this week, let's say 
I'm going to be slightly off on the numbers, but the, this approximation is very close. I'd say AEW's YouTube page is like 14 videos with over a million views on YouTube. Eight of oh. them are involving Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. He's awesome. GCW alumnus. He's awesome. Yeah, like people are looking him up. People go out of their way. He's a big word of mouth guy. And honestly, I want to shout out Jack Evans really quick. He was a big big time Jeff Hardy type wild high flyer for yeah. ROH in the mid 2000s. And he really, you know, he never got that call up to, to WWE. He never got a big TNA run like a lot of his peers. And, and he's a lifetime indie guy. And I think he's having a really good run right now with TH2 and, and the Hardy family office. And a lot of people have been talking about how great a shape he looks in. I think he's added some muscle. Shout out to Jack Evans. Shout out to him. Shout out his family. Very nice to see. For sure. Yeah, he did that ridiculous move off the turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's added some versatility to his game, you know, and I like his tag team because uh, he's in a tag team with uh, Angelico, who's a Hispanic uh, uh, lucha wrestler. He's a Mexican wrestler, but he like wrestles a lucha submission style, which is like very interesting. After the Cassidy Evans match, we had the Miro Eddie Kingston promo. Phenomenal buildup for the fight. Love this match. I, I think obviously Miro's going to hold on to it. Miro has more successful title defenses than any champion in AEW's history so far. He's on a great run with the TNT title. The TNT title is probably the best um, secondary title in pro wrestling scene since like the X Division title meant something in like 2007 in, in TNA. Like, like it's unbelievable what they've done with this thing. I love how they have this storyline that Miro is susceptible to the DDT. It adds yeah. a level of weakness. And honestly, good for them. For Nick, I know you love a good DDT. Good for them for putting some respect back in the name of the DDT. That is not a move that should be treated lightly, you know? No, it's one of my favorites. And I love Miro's gimmick of being this egotistical God's chosen Eastern European man who just mentions how hot his wife is in every promo. He said that the only person who get, puts him down for the count is, is his wife uh, in, in the hotel room after the match or something. And love it. I cannot wait for Lana to appear on AEW. You know it's coming eventually. She's going to be a phenomenal addition to Rusev and or to Miro. I'm sorry. Excuse me. And I can't wait for it. For sure. We're going to skip the Jericho interview because we kind of talked about Jericho already. Um, but Powerhouse Hobbs versus Brian Cage. I love Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, they turned him heel last summer. He's a member of Team Taz. I think he's got a lot of potential. Big, beefy boy. He's got a little bit of that athleticism. I would love to see him and Ricky Starks in a tag team. I think that would be a phenomenal addition to the tag team division, a Team Taz tag team. Uh, Brian Cage, they're, they're building up the, this feud with Team Taz. They're keeping it going. Uh, Brian Cage obviously got cheated out of the FDW title. Now he got cheated out of this match with Powerhouse Hobbs. Interested to see where this man or this program goes, Nick. What did you think of Powerhouse Hobbs, Brian Cage? You got any feelings on that? Did that grab you? Did you not like it? What do you think? I love Taz on commentary. Clearly Taz being biased for Taz, cool. guys. Yes. I like Taz too. I, I um, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing crazy. I don't really like like the the heavyweight style wrestlers that much. Um, but Brian Cage has a lot of good athleticism to him. I give him credit for that. Yeah, no, he he's a fucking specimen of a human being. He's an absolute yeah, he's beast. And, you know, he's one of those guys that everybody loves to talk with wrestlers. Like, oh, uh, he's probably on on steroids, but it's like you know that. 
Obviously, yeah, like much like the NFL and everything else, like pro wrestling takes steroids pretty damn seriously these days. I don't know what AEW's policy is, but I, I doubt. I don't know. I don't think that guy's juicy. Me either. Me either, dude. He's crazy, man. He's he's awesome. Um, yeah, no, 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 no strong feelings either way on the match. Yeah. Um. Then we had Malachi Black doing a great promo. Some people think he's going to take on Dustin Rhodes at the pay per view. That might be added Friday, but. Malachi Black is going to take on Big Shotty Lee Johnson on Friday. Lee Johnson, by the way, is one of the best like uh, suicide dives in the business right now. Mm -hmm. He Fosbury flops over the top rope. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and, and does like a corkscrew. Very cool. Love this promo for Malachi Black. Some people complained last week that Malachi Black left the ring when Lee Johnson entered, and people thought that that made him look weak or stupid. Why would he do that? He's, he's been so big and scary. Malachi Black immediately answers that at the beginning of this promo and says he didn't run away from Lee Johnson. It's that Malachi Black decides when he engages with you and, and he's just going to absolutely eat him for lunch, dinner and breakfast this Friday. So it's not really too much to say on that side. Mm -hmm. Then we got a nice segment with the big show. The that big was fantastic. Show the big show next, someone near and dear to our hearts. The one once was almost uh, uh, turned into the world's largest gas station attendant. The big show is a guy you can make fun of forever. The the, the big show, it's famously said anyone who trusts the big show is an idiot because he's turned face and heel more times than anyone in the history of pro wrestling. But I really, really respect Paul White. He is a pro wrestler's pro wrestler. Yeah. The business clearly means something to him. He wants to still participate in it. People hate, um, uh, sorry, QT Marshall to the point where like, like people hated that feud with him and Cody. People like don't even want him on the show. I thought that their match Sunday was going to be used as a vehicle to bring Anthony Agogo back into the picture. But now kind of the way they set it up, it looks like they want this to almost be an earnest match. So we'll have to see about that. Billy Gunn turned heel. What I was going to say, I love Billy Gunn. That was what I, that's what I was going to get out of this is, God, I love Billy Gunn. Just one of my all-time favorite wrestlers in general. And it's just funny to just see him. He's still got it. I There's no one I have ever had less of a – I've had just more total apathy for than Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn does not move my needle in the slightest. You, you know what? I take that back. Oh, I love Billy Gunn. Do you know who moves my – no, I, I think I like Tommy Dreamer more than, than Billy Gunn. I love Tommy Dreamer. Dude, you're – dude, those are two gems. I mean, dude. Tommy Dreamer's not moving the needle. Dude, Tommy Dreamer's a legend, dude. A Philadelphia sure. legend, too. I respect him, but, like, he's not – well, he's from Yonkers, New York. No, but he's a legend here. Sure. I mean, he's not the Sandman. No, because he's not from here, and the Sandman looks like he just ripped, like, a an eight-hour union gig and then showed up at yeah, the arena. Probably did. somebody up with a kendo stick. Yeah. yeah. Fucking dude, love the Sandman. The ECW arena used to go absolutely nuts. When the Sandman just beat women with his cane. Beat women, and then he, they had the mentally disabled guy that he would beat up with the cane. Well, that was in 2006. That wasn't in the late 90s. And I'm just saying, like, he was beating yeah. everybody up with the cane that you weren't supposed to beat up. Yeah, yeah. Um, never forget also that Billy Gunn is somebody who famously uh, had his career ended for real by a promo. The WWE was trying to push him uh, sincerely. And then Billy Gunn hits him with a, uh, or The Rock hit him with the famous, God, my name's Billy, and I absolutely suck, Bob. My name's Billy. It doesn't matter what, mm -hmm. no one took him seriously again. He was just done. It's unbelievable. 
That's that was the, the power of the rock out on the mic, too. Yeah. Then we had Britt Baker, all-time moves. She hypes a free agent signing. Everybody thinks it's got to do with her boyfriend in real life, Adam Cole. Yeah. In her dental office this week, so it would have made a sense. She reveals that her huge free agent announcement is that she signed the contract. Yeah, no, that was funny. That was a good, that was a good gimmick. Funny, I enjoyed what that. What I love about AEW again is they always, always, always have a, a like, like they take the contract. They, this is like the third time that somebody's like claimed that they got a match because of like contract negotiations. I just love that. Adds a little extra feel, a little extra zest to everything, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I absolutely love that because I saw that and you're like, oh, you know, but it, it, it is just like a classic like wrestling trope where it's like, yeah, like you, you, it, it's too obvious for her to say, it would be too obvious for her to say Adam Cole is signing, mm-hmm. but she just goes on saying she signed a contract. That was funny, man. Then I, we had a banger of a woman's match between Penelope, Penelope Ford and Ty Conti. Uh, I know you like, and, and Anna Jay returns at the end of the match. I want to make that clear. Big, big moment for the dark order for the women's division. I think Ty Conti can go, man. I think she might be one of the, if not the best pure worker in the AEW women's division right now. And that's saying a lot because she's another person who was an NXT reject a while ago, legitimately from Brazil. Um, Wrestling's a little new to her, originally a mixed martial artist. She's just fluid in the ring. She reminds me a little bit of Sasha Banks. Obviously, she's not that good yet, but uh, Ty Connie's somebody who legitimately puts, puts my ass in the seat in the women's division. When I see her name, I get excited for her matches. Would love for her to beat Brit's next opponent at uh, full gear in, in September, or, yeah, November, excuse November. me. Yeah. I really think she's a great worker and can pull a match out of anyone. And do you know what I appreciated that she did tonight? She won with a roll-up against... Penelope Ford, and she didn't just do a a roll up. She rolled her up and then did a bridge, pinning her legs back. Too many guys. Like, whatever happened to the the majesty code, the small package, to the schoolboy roll up, to the to, to the back bridge. Yes. You know what I mean? Guys just do the simple roll up now, and and that's why people get so tired of it. If you do a legit pinning combination, it always makes it look like you're more of a professional, like you're more of a technician, like you've studied. You know, I, I love mm. a nice pinning combination like that. I agree. Um, I like Penelope Ford. She's cool. You are a big Penelope Ford. Fan. Yeah, I like her a lot. Then we had Thunder Rosa in a, in a promo. Also Thunder Rosa over. is extremely over. She, yeah, she's she, awesome. You know, match to be be the next person to beat, or the person to beat Britt Baker eventually. And then we had uh, Vicky Guerrero and her client, Thunder Rosa, or uh, I'm sorry, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. And smart Mark Sterling and his client, Talking Jade much. Cargill, come do a little beatdown. Love, love a nice backstage beatdown. Bo- boiler room brawl, if you will, you know? I love smart Mark Sterling so much. He's just so fucking funny. He's, yeah, he's, he's perfect. He plays. I love him with Jade Cargill because I think Jade has a ton of potential. She's, she's, you know, uh, similar to an Anthony Agogo, like somebody that AEW's try to kind of do a WWE thing and kind of mold on the go, like make a star, introduce her to wrestling and stuff. And I think Smart Mark really adds to to that like professional athlete feel she has. You know what I mean? She feels like a wide receiver sort of. You know, it reminds me of MVP's original gimmick. Oh yeah, I forgot I remember MVP. Great, great entrance song. No, uh, by Silk the Saka. Fun fact. Silk the Shaka? Really? Yeah. You didn't know. One, no, I never knew. Two, you hear yeah, the, the clock, clock ticking. Yeah, it's classic. Tick-tock, you about to start living. Tick-tock, I want you to remember me. Tick-tock, like the day she has no memory. I'm coming. 
Nobody. He wore that MVP for that strange. Nobody control me. I'm coming. I'm here to play the game that I'm never ever gonna change. Like Tropicana, I got the juice. Something that leave the let the dog loose. Let me call up my crew. That's all I know of, of MVP's theme song, but we might have to clip that for Twitter because I thought that Why was did he wear movie. that strange purple unisuit? But it was exactly. long sleeves and long his whole pants. Thing was supposed to be that he was like a pro, like, like his whole thing. It was like 2005, 2006. Uh, end zone celebrations had just been kicked out of, of the NFL. And his whole thing was supposed to be like Vince McMahon's like, oh, these, these pro athletes today, pal. They just. They're, they're all divas. Yeah. They need the little outfits, performance. That's like what he was supposed to. He also came out with like the nasal strip. Nasal like, strip. Yeah, yeah. MVP was awesome. Loved MVP. MVP, first man ever. He was half man, half amazing, half tag team champion. Three halves. Three halves. Um, uh, that, that's when pro wrestling's at its best. Yeah. You cannot beat something than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good stuff. I actually have a, not to get too off topic, but I have like a, I set up my PS2 upstairs and I have this old wrestling game. I think it's 2005 or 2000, it might be 2006. And it, it has MVP in it. I always wrestle as MVP. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was, he had that inflatable tube that he'd come out of. Do you remember the inflatable? Yeah, tube? it was just like it, they yeah, do it at the stadium. Then he went yeah. on a losing streak, and they took the tube away because they said that he wasn't fulfilling his high-rated contract demands. Like that, that's pro wrestling at its best. Yeah. Uh, when a man's losing his inflatable tube because he's not winning an, uh, enough imaginary matches to come yeah, on, there's enough scripted matches. Yeah. Then we got the main event. We got the young bucks. And and uh, or well the elite. By the way, I love the elite's theme song when they come yeah. out together with the the elite, the the elite, the yes, the it just they are so good at being goofy, ridiculous. They come out with the with the um the good brothers, the super elite as they call their their new unit. And they take on the Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express again. Jurassic Express right there with Proud and Powerful. Where they I was right. gonna say yeah, they're I think they're the only ones to get pushed better yeah those two both deserve future tag team title chances i think they're very over with the crowd and and they've earned their their spots on the card they've they've very organically built support through aew short lifespan so far it's always great to see that i thought this main event was all awesome and the lucha brothers are incredible ray phoenix and penta el miaro cerro they are somebody who i didn't really see until they came to aew and i had heard a lot about them and, and they live up to the hype. Right, right Phoenix. It's so funny. I, I've gone on this rant before about how the WWE wanted to replace uh, Rey Mysterio. And they meant that as in, like, we need exactly one Spanish person to do that. Right Phoenix is the best luchador to hit America since Rey Mysterio. And if AEW pulls, these, pulls their cards right, which I, I don't see a world where they wouldn't, I, I think he could be huge. Cute selling masks, little kids like him, Comic Con huge. You know what I mean? Like, like that guy has got it going on. You I cannot- agree. He's awesome. I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the entire uh, pay per view card. Hold on one second. So overall, you like tonight's show? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed yeah, it. Dude, they they. they they've been like just horseshoeing Chicago right now, just selling a ton of tickets to the same people. They're, they're really putting WWE on the ropes. I know ticket sales wise. So I can see that. Just, I mean, the arena's packed. Yeah. Which is pre pandemic. Well, 
they run smaller venues in WWE, but but right now WWE post pandemic's been struggling a bit without Cena on the cards to sell tickets as well. So so we got the the twenty one woman casino battle royal. A lot of people think the mystery uh, appearance is going to be Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Ride of the WWE. Would love that to be the case. She's a very creative girl, very creative wrestler, enjoys kind of doing her own thing, and 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 you know I think she'll really add to AEW very well. Uh, become a big part of that division. We got John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. I really like how AEW do these exhibition matches sometimes on their cards with their big name talent going up against sort of a big name from Japan that maybe some people in America aren't overly familiar with. You know, that's going to be a banger of a match. Could see that being the opening match because because you just want something to kind of get the get the crowd going, get the mm-hmm. uh, the people into it. You know. Yep. And we got Paul White versus QT Marshall. Uh, again, I, I so I would have thought that Paul White would have dominated this match, and then Anthony Agogo would be reintroduced into it, uh, uh, either to help QT Marshall shockingly win, or just to you know help beat him up after the match. Now, after the hip stuff, I kind of could see this as just being a straight up match, which I think might be the kind of the wrong move. But you know, again, good for the big show. Let, let, let him get his licks in. Let him have his time. Mm-hmm. We got the Jericho MJF final match. Uh, if Jericho loses, must retire from AEW. That's obviously going to be a great match. Big stakes. Those two have tons of chemistry now. I uh, really think we're going to get a different encounter than we've seen from them recently. Uh, very hopeful for that. I think uh, Jericho is going to put in a great performance. Mm-hmm. I agree. We've got, we've got Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the TNT title. That will be a, a banger of a match. Fully expect Miro to win, but I think those two are going to lay into each other, have a nice, stiff, rough match. Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers inside of a steel cage for the World Tag Team titles. Now that Andrade versus Pac is off the card, this is definitely the match I'm looking the most forward to. I think that the Lucha Brothers are going to win the titles. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing match either way. If the Young Bucks hold on to the titles, I will not be upset. I will not be disappointed. I will merely appreciate how much more prestige that adds to an already amazing and over championship. And uh, we'll just be excited to, to see who they eventually lose it to. Yeah, I agree. We have Dr. Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. I like Chris Statlander a lot. Did you know she once wrestled MJF on the Indies in an intergender match? Just him versus her because she's like a, no. a taller, muscular girl, and MJF's a big wimp. Very funny. I like Chris Statlander a lot. A uh, very good wrestler. I, I think she's a future women's champion in AEW. I do not think her time is this weekend, obviously. We have CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Everyone very excited for that. Going to be great. No, no doubts about it. Going to have the place going wild. I think it's going to be like a 25-minute match. Uh, uh, I'm sure Punk has been training a lot for it. I, I think uh, it's going to be a great punk win, but Darby Allen gets made a star. Honestly, would not shock me if, if there was a time limit draw, if there's a time limit added to the match. I could see it being a draw, to be honest with you, and I would not be disappointed in that. Yeah, then, yeah. I feel like it'd be a little cheap, but I get what you're saying. Well, I mean, they, they do draws, though. They have time limits. It's not like, like I'd rather it be cheap that way than some person come out and interfere so that technically no one really lost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then we have Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW title. I think uh, Kenny Omega is certainly going to retain, but I think this is going to be a 
banger of a match. I think four and a half stars type quality. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. Cannot wait for it. One of those things where I know Christian isn't exactly the sexiest name. I know, uh, you know, Kenny Omega likely to retain, but I still think it's just going to be a phenomenal, hard-hitting, fast-paced wrestling match. I agree. Um, I, I just, we, we need to make our stance very clear. We are Christian Cage guys, both of us. We both oh, definitely. love and appreciate Christian Cage. I, I He's fantastic. He's still got it. He's in great shape. He, he, he goes out there. He's a name that people recognize, and he goes out there and he does a great job. I love Christian Cage. And he cares. You know, he's giving back to the business. Hey, I couldn't agree anymore. Yep. Yep. He's, he's not just a, a coming back for the paycheck guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. He cares about his legacy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. Now to wrap things up, Nick, do you have your question of the week? Um, well, my question was actually the Jericho question. So I kind of blew my load early. Well, I have a, a pitch then for you to wrap up the podcast. Sure. I love Survivor Series. I think it adds a, a real sports feel to pro wrestling a little bit. You got this this great exhibition. Uh, it's like the Olympics, it almost feels like. You know what I mean? And, and you get – it's a great chance to put over different guys and to mix and match people from different levels and, and have them all go up against each other, you know? Mm-hmm. You can have a younger guy eliminate a big name in a match, and, and you know it gives him some some pizzazz without having him beat a, a big guy in a match. You know exactly. I would love AEW to have like a team challenge series, four on four elimination style. It's a tournament. It could all happen in one night at one special event. It could be throughout weeks, and the teams are consistent of two singles guys and a tag team, and the winning team. One of the single guys gets a world title shot. One of the single or the uh, single guys gets a TNT title shot, and the tag team guys earn tag team title shots. That would be awesome. Bang. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. There you have it. Look at me, fantasy booking uh, and saving wrestling all in one go. Thank you guys for joining us for the return of the Lowdown Wrestling Wednesday edition. We will, me and Nick will actually be watching the pay-per-view together Sunday. So we'll be doing a little, a little live. I mean, we'll probably be recording our Sunday podcast before the pay-per-view. So maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But great hearing from you guys. Great. Thank you for listening. Great comment, subscribe, all that. Follow me at LDTheMan on Twitter.com. And uh, I will see you on Sunday. Also, shout out to the guy wearing the Effie shirt in the first row. Uh, tonight's pay-per-view. Uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Sunday, 11 a.m., Fight TV. Effie versus Jake Atlas, Second Gear Crew, Nick Gage, GCW, Support the Indies. What um, is it, like a big gay brunch match? No, it's 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 like a pay-per-view. It's it's oh, a, it's okay. a pay-per-view. So 11 a.m. Sunday uh, from Chicago, Jake Atlas, Effie for the um, for the main event. You'll get to see the Second Gear Crew. You get to see Nick Gage. Um, a lot of great wrestlers that you know you'll be seeing up in AEW pretty soon. Um, yeah, shout out to that guy wearing the Effie shirt in the first row. That was awesome. I guess. No, yeah, see. Ya.